I would like to thank our Patreon supporter, Haley K, for being the first Patreon supporter to Top Rope Chef. If you want your name read in front of every podcast, become a Patreon supporter. Go to patreon.com slash topropechef for more details. Thanks. We're cooking up some recipes, gonna give them a spin. If you're messing with Top Rope Chefs, you can never win. Whoa. We'll be leaving you in the kitchen, wishing you were beaten Cooking up some main dishes to search and yummy things on the side. Can you take the heat? 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 Top rope chef. This is Top Rope Chef. We are the Top Rope Chefs. I am Bradley Ghost Transport Jones. And I am Jacqueline. Spiderized Maynard. How are you doing, Jacqueline? I'm great, Brad. How are you? It's a very spooky nickname you came up with. <laughs> it is. I've been thinking about it's, it all week. Tis the season. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's just what you got. That's, what, that's seven days worth of work coming up with spider and eyes. Well, spider eyes are creepy, though. Who wants to see that looking at them? Eight eyes? I saw a spider one time that looked like it had like a thousand eyes on it. Just those right. little tiny like little black eyes. Now imagine that like coming it. at you with fists of fury. You're going to run. I don't know who would be the villain of the two of us, though. <laughs> Ghost transport sounds like a, a sort of undertaker underling. Am I like a vessel for a ghost to take over? Like being possessed? <laughs> yeah, that would be an awesome idea. Every week I'm possessed by a different ghost. Maybe even like wrestling's <laughs> past. I a, think. A bunch of de- every every week a dead wrestler inhabits oh, no. my body. No, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> kind of cool, though, too. It would be cool. You'd have to be really good at impersonations. I was thinking, though, your special could be that you get possessed by this, like, poltergeist that's just near you all the time, and you can, like, hear it talk to you, and then your special is you get possessed, and then you get, like, ghost strength, and then you pin and win. That sounds great. I think you have a finishing move called the Web of Destruction. I think that I do. Yeah, a web. (laughs) You just shoot a bunch of webbing out and get somebody. Yeah. Is it, like, sand, or, like, do I actually throw something, chili powder, maybe? I blow it in people's face? That's a different character. Yeah. I think it's, I think you can make (laughs) spider webs. I think you're like Spider-Man. And if there's, like, a Hell in the Cell type match, there's, like, a corner that you can, like, hang out. Ooh, yeah. spider. Climb and Mm -hmm. hang in the corner fence. I would definitely need to lose the matches, though, because my character sucks compared to yours. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. So there's always going to be a winner, and there always has to be a loser in wrestling if you're doing it correctly. I think I would have fun being the loser, though. Definitely wrestlers in past, present, and future called the Jobber, and it was their job to get pinned by better wrestlers. There would be like a two-minute match. Some Joe Schmo from Missouri would come out. Hulk Hogan would knee him in the face and give him the leg <laughs> drop, and people would go home happy. You know who I really liked? It's Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan's great. His his like weird little I don't even know what you would call it. Slow. Uh maybe like he's like a, he's got like boxer mush brains. Is oh, that no. okay? Okay. No, I don't know if that's okay or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a series of concussions, I guess. Something you say. Maybe with that hacksaw, that two by four that he carries around, but he just like walks around the ring in his overalls and big bold beer belly, bear chest. And he was just great because he'd get like America powers, but in a different way than Hogan, like a less majestic way, but somehow more fun. He would just yell and scream USA out in the audience. Oh yeah, he would. That's the most like contagious chant you can ever hear inside of any stadium to this date. Yeah, I feel like that was really 80s, though. 80s was the heyday for the USA chant. It can still happen. I guarantee you. Go to, like, some sort of Olympics, maybe, and there's USA versus somebody. I don't doubt there'd be many chants, but... I did watch a really awkward back and forth between The Rock and Stone Cold, since those that's the wrestler's recipes we're doing today. And it was, like, 12 minutes. You know when they would do it and it would go on for way too long? And they would just kind of be, like, trying to riff on each other, and it was just awkward and uncomfortable a little bit? It was one mm-hmm. of those, but The Rock was wearing when he had like the Brahma Bull logo, but it was like Ameri- like an American flag Brahma Bull. So there was some patriotism then. That was like the early aughts, I feel. And people would scream USA to The Rock, even though he's also in the ring with the Stone Cold Steve Austin, who is from Austin, Texas. <laughs> who is probably way more patriotic. Yeah, it's so confusing when that happens. Also, like, sometimes Chris Jericho, like, used to get USA chants when he was against, like, a foreigner or just, like, Canadians would get <laughs> cheered Canadian. all the time. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bret Hart would get USA chants. It happened. Oh, It'd be like no. the weirdest thing ever. People just want to chant USA. I think, yeah. Any reason. Well, John Cena, I feel like he he probably revamped that. He's super into the sold the troops. They use that old angle of foreign wrestler yeah. versus American wrestler. That's still a thing. I don't know how. I don't know why. I don't think it's as blatantly racist as it was, like with Yokozuna. Not as and, much, uh, but... And the the Sheik. Is that when we went to Comet, to Wizard World in uh, Chicago, we saw the Sheik and Mankind? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was one of the best moments of my life. <laughs> <laughs> there were definitely Americans who were playing, like Russians or other, or people from other countries. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was really weird. It was really obvious then, too. And I was like nine. Yeah, it would just be like a tan white guy <laughs> right. claiming to be from a different country. <laughs> or like the one who was uh, Ricky Steamboat. He was American, I'm pretty sure. Wasn't he? I think Ricky Steamboat, yeah. I think he like was from L.A. or something like that. I'm now, not going to look it up. but I sent you a link to a cruise recently. It's a cruise thrown by Chris Jericho. And Ricky Steamboat is going to be appearing on the cruise. And I that feel sounds like incredible. we should go and write it off as a business expense <laughs> is Fozzie gonna play is that is it a metal cruise yeah yeah Fozzie is gonna play i recently started following chris jericho on instagram because i thought i could he maybe didn't have that many followers i was very wrong he's got a no. ton millions and people millions. love chris jericho he's a celebrity he hosts a game show i didn't know that there was a game show <laughs> i forget what it was called but there'd be a conveyor belt, and the conveyor belt would have like a prize on it, a car or a dinette set, and the conveyor belt <laughs> would slowly move, and you'd have to answer trivia questions, and you'd have to answer the enough trivia questions to stop the belt before it fell off of a building what? and crashed into the ground. What? This was a real show. <laughs> you know, good for him. And he was on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, he's Chris he's up Jericho there. was on Dancing with the. I thought Hulk Hogan was on Dancing with the Stars. I don't think Hulk Hogan's ever been on there. I, I would Chris love him the first. to be on Dancing with the Stars. Chris Jericho, he's too big for his britches. I feel now that I've found out all the success he has just now. He just seems like a down to earth, cool guy. He, he just does. Gets it. He takes a lot of pictures with fans. He seems really awesome. Yeah, if you sat next to him on a plane on a trip, I bet he'd have a conversation with you. He wouldn't be all, you know, up his butt about it. I bet he wouldn't be able to because I would be a freak about it. He'd probably humor me. He'd probably humor me. Maybe we shouldn't go on this cruise. What if you accidentally meet him? I, okay, so do you remember at Wizard World that I I locked eyes with Mankind and then I had to walk away and I couldn't stand in line with anybody because it was too much? Yeah, you were overwhelmed. We locked eyes. Maybe he remembers that. There may not be a person alive that wears a flannel shirt better than McFoley. I'm willing to agree to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely not a person alive who can pull a dirty gym sock off of his dick and put it in somebody's mouth like McFoley can. Well, it didn't come off of his dick. It came out of his <laughs> pants. <laughs> you make it sound like he was wearing a cock sock. That's how I always pictured it recently. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like an implication that, you know, it's near your balls. This sock's going to get a little sweaty. That's why it made it extra gross. Yeah. He'd always like dye it green or whatever. But he'd always put it like, not just like in your mouth, like deep down your throat. (laughs) This is so gross. And they wouldn't bite his fingers. And I never understood why nobody bit his fingers. I think you're just in too much pain. And the mandible claw was a devastating move. That's what it was. I thought it was just called Sacco. Mr. Sacco was an invention after the fact, yeah. I think he just wore like a leather glove at first, and then when his character Oh, became, you're right, because he had that leather mask. He became a little more of like a cartoon. He started to lean into the sock thing. Yeah. And they would sell socks at the stadiums. People would just buy a sock, a Mr. Sacco brand sock. We're starting a new regular segment. Jacqueline and I are going to be having... A libation of sorts throughout the podcast. What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking lavender apple cider. Lavender apple cider from Northern Naturals. Good. It's local, organic. Uh, it's it's feminine. It's feminine and I like it. Brad, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Calabasa Blanca. It's an artesian white ale served from Jolly Pumpkin Artesian Ales. <gasps> That's up by me too. And it's it's good. I love a Belgian ale. They are so good. What makes a Belgian ale? That's a great question, and I'm not going to respond to it right now. <laughs> All right, then. Let me read the back of it. Calbesa Bianca, an artesian white 
ale brewed in Belgium's beer blanche tradition, spiced with orange peel and coriander. You'll find it refreshingly tart with a wonderfully dry finish. A year-round favorite for sure. That sounds great. Does yours have something on the label? It says organic apples, lavender GMO-free yeast, and yeast nutrient. I really like eating lavender. I think that's a fun thing to eat. It's a new thing, and I thought it was gross at first because I thought it would taste like soap and be pretentious. But uh, it still is pretentious, but it's delicious. So, you know. smells good. It tastes good. You can bathe in it. You can eat it. You know, it's great. It's so versatile. It is versatile. It's probably one of the more versatile herbs. I don't know what meat you could shove it up in. Hmm. Lavender meat. Maybe like um, a, a lamb, maybe? Like a lamb? Mm, that's sad. Can we say yeah. mutton instead? Mutton, yeah. Maybe some yeah. mutton. But I used this particular beer in the recipe tonight. Did you? So I opened it, and yeah, I opened it just recently, and I'm drinking it after you having used it in the recipe. Wonderful. I used a spotted cow. Is the ooh? What's the brand? I don't know the brand. New Gloucestershire. I want to say. What kind say. of beer is it? Ah, beer, beer. Beer, beer. <laughs> Generic I use beer, beer, beer though. I am. Uh, I have the gluten deal going on, but I can handle right. a few beers. Like I can do like four until, and like the fifth one will give me a bellyache. But I think that would go for everybody. <laughs> I don't think that's out of the normal to drink five beers and feel sick. I think you're, you're right where you need to be. Well, I mean, you know. Our first recipe tonight, Stone Cold's Stomp a Mud Hole in Your Steaks and Ribs Simmering Sauce. Here's the introduction. Oh, hell yeah! Now you're talking, friends and neighbors. This could be the meaning of life itself. I equate Stone Cold Sauce with the most profound works of any of the world's great philosophers. And I suspect the good Lord probably serves this in heaven. Use on pork shoulder, steaks, or pork chops. <laughs> right off the bat, can I just say, this doesn't make sense. No, I'm so <laughs> upset says, with this, this, the naming of this recipe. It says steaks and ribs, but then it says pork shoulder and pork chops. What are you supposed to do with that information? It's not even information. Before I read what was even in this recipe, I went ahead and I just bought some ribs. Because I figured, oh, it's right. stomp a mud hole in your steaks and ribs. I'm going to cook it on some ribs. No, that is not recommended in the introduction to use. I ended up buying pork chops because they were the cheapest cut of pork at the organic uh, Happy Meat Farm store that I work at. So I did that. Um, but then I was going to get ribs also... And then husband pointed out that it doesn't say that and that maybe I should read the recipes before I make them, which is a fair point. It is a fair point, but this is the fun of the podcast, to just go in blindly, just do something and see what happens. I have never cooked ribs before in my entire life. <laughs> really? Never, once, never one time. I went ahead and just bought the cheapest package I could. I think it was like $17. I don't even know how much it weighed. It was a wow. pretty big stack of ribs, though. Like a full rack? Yeah, it was a full rack of ribs. And then... Because this cookbook explains literally <laughs> no food preparation whatsoever, I had to use Google to help me through figuring out how to cook ribs. Apparently, ribs have a membrane on them that you're they supposed do. to cut off and trim, and oh. I didn't know that. And I was like following the... I mean, I knew before I started opening the ribs, like, oh, I'm going to have to cut a membrane off the ribs. It sounds horrific. Why isn't this thing just already removed for me? I don't understand. I didn't know you are supposed to cut it off. I didn't use ribs for this recipe, but... When I made ribs previous, I just eat the grizzle. I guess it's called membrane. I got as much membrane as I could off. It wasn't as easy to get off as it was in the YouTube videos that I was watching. I don't know if there's a secret or not. I try to pull off as much as you can. Um, it said that if you grill it, it shouldn't really even matter that the membrane's on, but like people remove it anyway. So I was like, oh, if I don't miss it all, I, I'll be fine. Did you grill it? Yes. So two nights ago, I set up, I have a coal grill. I sat it out there for about three hours on the coals. I ran out of coals, so I didn't finish cooking the ribs that night. I wrapped them in foil. I brought them in the house today. I put them in the oven for about an hour at 375, no, at 350. Then I covered them with the simmering sauce, and I broiled them. For about 30 minutes getting them up to temperature. And that's how I ended up cooking the, the protein in this meal. Okay. 
interesting. I got pork chops and I made the simmering sauce and I marinated them overnight for 24 hours in the simmering sauce. And then the following day, I drank a bunch of hard cider and then I grilled for the first time, which is difficult to do with sriracha because there's so much sugar in sriracha and I they stuck to the grill and I overcooked them and they were tough. And I felt like a stereotype, but uh, I like the sauce. I like the sauce a lot. I took the rest of the marinade and I boiled it down. I don't know if that's like food safe, but I didn't get food poisoning, so that's okay. So let's talk about what's in this. Tell me the ingredients of the uh, the simmering sauce, if you would. The ingredients are two cups of bottled chili sauce, which I figured was sriracha. I don't know if you use sriracha. I use chili sauce. There's something in the store at the grocery you can get. At Meyer? Buy the ketchup called chili sauce. I didn't see it. I got sriracha. Okay. Um, quarter cup of cider vinegar, um, a cup and a half of beer, a one medium onion, finely chopped. I did not use that. I forgot to use the onion as well. I just forgot to use it. I fried an onion, like I grilled an onion out there, but I didn't, I grilled a, some mushroom kebabs as well, because I just like mushrooms. Um, half cup of molasses, two garlic cloves minced. A quarter cup of hickory flavored barbecue sauce or JR's barbecue sauce, which I used and I'm assuming which you I used, used as well. Yeah. Quarter cup of Worcestershire sauce and one teaspoon of hot pepper sauce or to taste, and I used about three tablespoons. What did you what did you add or subtract or change in this meal? I didn't put the onion in and I honestly is that all I did? Oh, right. I wrote it down. I simmered the extra sauce. That's what I changed. And that's it. And I overnight marinated it instead of using it as just a sauce. So I didn't really change it at all because it sounded really good. Yeah, I didn't change anything because that's just part of the gimmick that I'm using. But I didn't have two cups of bottled chili. I just assumed the bottle that I bought would be enough for this recipe. <laughs> it was only 12 ounces. There okay. are eight ounces in a cup. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I ended up, I don't know if there's like a reverse word for like a heap of sugar, but like an under, I didn't use as much of the other ingredients to kind of counterbalance the proportions, okay. I guess. Okay. So I used like a little less cider, a little less beer, a little less molasses just because I didn't have enough chili sauce. Okay. It seemed like it was going to make a lot anyway. It did for me. I quite enjoyed this recipe. I love it. It tasted really good. It had a really good heat. I did add extra hot sauce, but it had a really, really good heat and a good flavor, which I was surprised at because I really don't like sriracha. Again, I didn't know yeah. about whatever this other chili. Chili sauce, it's just... I don't know what even what it is. It's just like a hot ketchup, I guess. It's right in the ketchup aisle. Yeah, that's where I went. <laughs> yeah, I, I also had a really hard time finding Worcestershire sauce. I only found the Meyer brand. So It's a difficult thing. Isn't there just like that one brand of Worcestershire sauce that comes in like the paper wrapper? That's the one I ended up getting. I have it I had it in my fridge already from a previous recipe, but Is it Worcestershire or Worcestershire? Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah sauce. <laughs> See, that makes it harder to say, honestly. <laughs> My roommate went to Blake's Cider Mill recently, and he oh, brought back habanero garlic. Yeah, And it's already cut up, and I used that as the garlic. But that's the Shut only up. other That's really good. You changed it more than I did, I feel. Well, and that's necessarily changed, but I just used ingredients I had on hand. Fair that enough. Were maybe like, I mean, it says the non-specifics of this. I mean, a cup of beer, what is it really telling you? You kind of have to choose your own beer. Like, yeah. kind of choose, choosing your own things on this is kind of to be expected i have a very hot pepper sauce that i use like in chilies i just add like a very little bit of it yeah it's called high river rogue it's got like a fifty thousand whatever that unit is scoville like heat value very it's hot. really high yeah it has dried ghost pepper and scorpion pepper in it and i've just never using even a little heard bit of scorpion it, pepper using a little bit of this hot sauce adds a back end heat that i love to have in my food i like not the that, idea of a back end heat it's not that instant jalapeno habanero serrano like oh this is hurting me it's like oh this is building and this is tasty and this is good you know i feel like that's a more distinguished heat and the jalapeno heat it's really it's very white trash and i feel like we're past it as a civilization we're just you're immediately just hot in the mouth and it's like the food isn't tasting good for me and where's the tease you got to give it a tease yeah there's no foreplay in in that kind of hot sauce anymore exactly get a little ghost pepper action in there Listeners. Dry ghost pepper in particular, because that's like the Ooh. very, very subtle one. Yes. Um, a husband brought me in the beer, and it is a Belgian ale. 
that okay. we used. It was so used a Belgian too. It was not spotted cow, but it was a Belgian ale. The beer doesn't matter anyway because you're cooking it. Right? It doesn't. I feel like it doesn't that much. I also. So what did you serve this with, or did you just eat ribs? Because that's also acceptable. I feel. As I just American ate ribs. Man. I covered the ribs yeah. in it. I thought the sauce might be a little thicker for some reason. Than I thought it was like it was really going to coat it, but it, it was wasn't. Really it runny. was pretty thin. But I boiled the sauce on the stove after I had it um, marinate the pork chops. Yeah, so the how you're supposed to cook the sauce is in a medium saucepan, bring all the ingredients except the hot pepper sauce to a boil, reduce the heat, simmer uncovered for 15 minutes, then you stir in the hot pepper sauce, and then you brush it over the last 15 minutes of whatever you're grilling. Which I don't think either of us did, right? Or no. did you? Well, I did. I did it on the ribs, yeah. I cooked oh, okay. all my ribs, and then I put the the sauce on afterwards. I made a pretty big error by not using enough aluminum oil. To cover the ribs I was using, so I now have a burnt pan of hot sauce <laughs> upstairs that I have to clean after this podcast. <laughs> so don't be stingy like Brad is it with your aluminum foil when you're fooling around with sauces. There's a lot of sugar in chili sauce. Chili sauce. Yeah. There's a lot of sugar in sriracha, and that's what I used in my ribs. The second to the ingredient grill. in chili sauce is high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to go scrub the grill. I'm not going to do it tonight because I'm lazy, but I will do it soon so it was my first time ever grilling ribs i put a pan that's supposed to a pan of water that's supposed to create like a steam next to the coals and i, ended up, I think it ended up working like pretty good my ribs have a nice smoky taste the simmering sauce didn't come through as much as i'd like to because i thought it was going to be thicker but it still makes the ribs taste really good i'm very happy with this recipe so what i did is i did the marinade and i grilled the ribs and then i boiled the sauce down and then i after, like when I was eating the ribs, I dipped the ribs in the sauce when I after I thickened it. So I got like extra sauce. That's smart. It was really smart. And I also, I had it with um, some butternut squash that was roasted with olive oil, Himalayan sea salt, rosemary, and black pepper, and some uh, basmati rice. And I poured some sauce over that because I really couldn't get enough of the sauce. And then I had the grilled I... onions and the mushroom skewers. I want to make this sauce... Again. We have a jar it's of it really in the fridge, and husband would like to make it for people for uh, Christmas gifts. It's so good. The number four thing, it says the sauce can be refrigerated for up to two weeks. It does. So this, song's got, this sauce has some lasting power. So uh, I gave this and a it, five stars. Wow. No. You can't. No. You have to take it back. What? You have, Why? There has to be, because it's the third recipe of the podcast. This is so good. I would make it and eat it all the time. That's still a really high ranking. It's my opinion. <laughs> and I feel You're like it's a five-star recipe. I'm the heel. I'm supposed to be egg and I don't really appreciate the face. I would like to be the heel. But it is a five-star well, recipe. Do... Maybe I'm white trash enough to say that. But, you know, it's, it's good. It's got a good heat. And I don't. I don't know why it wouldn't be five stars. What's lacking? There was no, I didn't find anything lacking, and I I I had so much more sauce. I just ate. I would like to make a meal of sauce. How is that not a five star ranking? It is a five star ranking. I was just being devil's advocate. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Whatever sort of hall of fame exists in this podcast, the simmering sauce is going in. It's. I it. mean, it's it's the sauce to beat. It's got the belt right now. It absolutely is. It is the world heavyweight champion. This is. Of Top Rope Chef. Is Stone Cold a heavyweight? Because the video I watched, The Rock was making fun of Stone Cold's beer belly, but he's got some pretty tight abs. Like, life I mean, muscle abs, yeah. but they're, you know, they're tight. He's got I mean, it. Stone Cold works on, like, a ranch for, like, his whole life. I mean, he's just got that working muscle body. He does. Rock's got that gym body, you know. Rock's got that hot body, and we both he's know that. He's got it. that hot gym body. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know how. He's, maybe he's, you know, I'm not going to put it out. I'm not going to say the Rock isn't out there chopping wood and building houses, but Stone Cold is for sure out there chopping wood and building houses. He lived in his car for a while and ate raw potatoes, last I heard. He's so successful. He runs, he, he has a show called American Grit, I believe, on the Country Music Television Network. Of course, it's on CMTV. <laughs> He had a show with U.S. military running obstacle courses and doing, like, shooting competitions and stuff. That was pretty cool. Sure. He wasn't in the military, though. But he was, like, a big proponent of it. I mean, Sure, I bet. I mean, the WWE in general just really is. I think they have to be. But they also, like, it's not hard for them to do. I mean, they're not anti-American. No. And they have something called Tribute for the Troops. Yes. Where they will go and put on a wrestling show for um, our troops. I mean, they, and they do that. They do USO tours, and they send wrestlers everywhere. 
WWE is a giant company. They're all over. The They're place. amazing. Freddie Prince Jr. writes for them and has for like a decade. Yeah, he, he stopped writing for them recently. Oh, that's he very might sad. be still. They have. Cause I looked at uh, applying for a writer position at WWE, and I think I still might. I did too. To get turned down. Shut up. <laughs> Maybe after they hear our podcast, they'll hire us both as a tag team. That'd be incredible. But they take in a lot of consultants, so it's possible that he is still a consultant for them because they do have a lot of people that just pitch ideas and things for the the writer's room for them to use. I'd really like to have uh, Freddie Prince on our show here and uh, ask him how he got into wrestling. Yeah, he just loves it. He's on other podcasts if you really want to like get into the life of Freddie Prince Jr. in professional wrestling. No, I'd really just like him I'd really just like him to be on our show. By the way, rate us five stars on iTunes. That's a great plug, Jacqueline. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts on Stone Cold Stop a Mud Hole in your steaks and ribs simmer sauce? Other uh, than pretty much just five stars. I have I have some notes on uh, Stone Cold though. Yeah, I'd love to talk about Stone Cold. All right, so I wrote down that he is America's white trash hero slash champion of the trailer park, which is pretty offensive. We might want to cut that out. Um, and just uh, just pretty much how great he is. His his phrasings. His uh, his his taglines, if you will, and that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold said so. That that just gets me jazzed every time. If I could have like a a gym playlist with that on it, also open up a can of whoop ass. I believe you said that quite a lot. I also wrote down bullet points that just say jean shorts, cause I'm pretty sure that's all he wore, unless he did wear like a little leather bathing suit. When he wasn't in the ring wrestling, he did wear jean shorts. Yes. But all the videos I saw, he had jean shorts on. When he's doing interviews and stuff, yeah. When he's in the ring, it's just black trunks, black boots. But it's like black, black leather pads. trunks. It's a little bit sexy. A little sexy. I'm I'm in for saying Stone Cold's a sexy man. Don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I am on board. I mean, he's probably the sexiest bald man. I'll have to think about it. I'll get back to you on that. Because The Rock is bald, technically. No, he's not. I mean, he's he got that, his head, but he's, got he's that like balding. He's got that real close buzz. I don't know if you call that like a number one. I feel like his hair is has been falling out, and he just committed to the bald lifestyle. That is my theory on The Rock's hair. I could be wrong, but I feel like he leaned into it. Stone Cold started out as stunning Steve Austin in the WCW. Stunning he, Steve. That's, you know, that's... <laughs> he had beautiful, long, blonde Hulk Hogan-style hair. Shut up. He wrestled in a tag team. He later moved with to who? WWF. I forget who his tag team partner was. It was somebody kind of important and cool. Arn Anderson or somebody like that. Um... I think I forget I forget what their tag team the Stunning Blondes or something like that was their tag team name. Then he went to WWF. He was stuck with the gimmick called the Ringmaster because he was such a just a good technician in the ring. But that ended up didn't working because that wasn't a character personality. He eventually became Stone Cold Steve Austin through a feud with Jake the Snake Roberts. I believe it ended King of the Ring wrestling event where he ended up beating Jake Jake the Snake Roberts. At the time, Jake the Snake Roberts was pushing sort of a religious gimmick, and he would talk about John three sixteen all the but time. But he's he's born again though, Jake the Snake, which doesn't make and sense with the snake thing because doesn't that make him like an Eve and like a a demon temptress? You don't like snakes? I think snakes are cool. No, no, I don't. I mean, they're not I necessarily don't... evil. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I don't understand the snake with the like born again evangelist deal. That doesn't make. I'm pretty sense. sure you just can't call yourself anything other than Jake the Snake Roberts at that point in time. It's just you just have to be Jake Roberts. I never understood him, and I never liked him. If I'm being honest, he seemed too greasy and just out of shape. Like he was one of those like out of shape wrestlers from the '80s, which were I feel like there was a lot of. All you needed was cardio back then. I mean, but no, do I don't even things. feel like I feel like I could outrun him like even like right now, and I'm a few deep, and I could outrun. He him. could take all the moves that were possible to give to him. He was so he was a psych, psychological wrestler, which is kind of a different kind of wrestler that doesn't quite exist today anymore. But he would go like Randy Orton's the closest example for a modern day one. But he would go outside. He would throw you against the ring ropes. He would use certain things to hurt you, break you down. He infam- infamously DDT'd Ricky the Dragon Steamboat on the outside of the ring on a concrete floor, and it broke his cranium. <laughs> He's big way for that DDT. He's not. Oh, no! Hey, Steamboat, that's you in your head. Oh, my goodness. I like it. Steamboat, unconscious. We have to be totally out on it. Wow. <laughs> Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was out for months after that point. 
and now is on a cruise ship with Chris Jericho and Fozzie. He would use dastardly techniques. He'd poke you in the eyes. He'd pull your ears. He would do smart in-the-ring things to win matches. So he didn't need to be the most physically gifted person. He just had to be smarter than you. But how does that scream, Jesus save me? It doesn't. And I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't agree well, with it. Well, that gimmick didn't last very long. Well, I won't respond. Uncle kind of ended it after that. Good. And no, so what is an Austin 316? Austin 316 is just him making fun of... Jake the Snake for saying John 316 all the time. You sit there and you thump your Bible and you say your prayers and it didn't get you anywhere. Talk about your Psalms, talk about John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Interesting. Because, like, his whole franchise is Austin 316. My brother had an Austin 316 poster. He had a t-shirt. He would just say it, and neither of us knew what it meant. It was very confusing, and... Yeah, I'm not sure what John 316 is. I'd like to say I memorized it, knowing the Bible, but... I looked it up a couple of times, and it didn't make sense at all in context with wrestling, so I forgot it. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to go back and and watch it and read it and understand but it didn't matter because it looked cool on a t-shirt. It did look cool on a t-shirt. Uh, Austin also had those sweet skulls with like the rattlesnake. I think he was called the Texas rattlesnake too. If yeah, I'm he was mistaken. the rattlesnake. Yep. Yeah, he. I also wrote down as a bullet point beer and double middle fingers because he would always throw them both up. He would do like the couple of middle fingers and then he would do was it the neck breaker? Is that what it was called? He would like snap your neck and then slam you on the ground and then there was like beer thrown up in the air. He would chug it or he'd throw it on himself, kind of like the lady in flash dance. I don't quite remember how it went. I watched a lot of wrestling videos. Yeah, at the end of matches, he'd always get beers thrown into the ring. He would just basically pour them into his mouth without really drinking them. It was just a cool. It wasn't really into his mouth. It was kind of like on him, and he kind of shook his head as though he had some hair, but he doesn't. Well, he just want the he'd want the beer to go everywhere. It was just a cool visual thing to see the wetness like come off of him, and he would just chuck. He would shake the beer and he would chug it. You'd put it down his mouth. It would flow out of it. It would just make a huge mess, but people cheer the crap out of him. Yes, and I don't want this to sound like I don't think he's cool because I thought he was one of the coolest wrestlers ever. He was always standing up to Vince and the uh, the corporation, the you know the guys in charge, the Triple H sleeping with the Stephanies, all them. Uh, he was great. They would also always give him like opportunities to destroy things. That was his thing. Like he would always be stealing <laughs> random vehicles. I remember he stole a limo at least a couple of times. He stole an ambulance once. He hijacked cranes. He drove into a grocery store, I think with a forklift, or maybe the forklift was a separate time. But he would just destroy stuff, like, outside of the wrestling ring, sometimes outside of the arena altogether. He would just destroy stuff, and it was awesome. Because Vince and Shane and Triple H were always looking for him, but they never could find him. There was that one, I don't know if you watched this one, but he was like, it was when him and The Rock were like together, like they put their feud aside, and they teamed up, and (laughs) The Rock had like people dressed up like Stone Cold that confused Shane and confused Triple H, and they would beat up like the lookalike and all this, and then at the end... Stone Cold at a crane and he destroyed, I don't remember if it was cars or a building or something, but he was just like a demolition man on the loose all the time. And that was fun. was a wild card he was the blue collar worker fighting against the white collar corporation and he would just he represented the audience you wanted to be stone cold steve austin you wanted to tell your boss off you wanted to go chug a beer and flip everyone off in the world it was like an angsty time and stone cold steve austin felt that and grabbed it and put it out to the people and they threw it back at him tenfold that's true he played hide and seek a lot too He did it with The Rock, and he did it with, again, the Shanes and the Vinces. There were so many times that Stone Cold would be banned from the arena or locked out of somewhere. And just show up at the end of the show, 
give everybody a stone cold stunner and then just leave everybody happy that's what it was called the stone cold stunner the stone cold stunner probably the best finishing move in all of wrestling it was so sudden it looked so impactful the rock would take it so well when stone cold hit the rock with a stone cold stunner the rock would do a flip over his neck onto onto the front of his face. Because The Rock is the most electrifying man in sports entertainment history. The Rock makes getting beat up look cool. He's that good. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a wild card your way. It's not a wild card. <laughs> I like to say that. You just said it. The yeah. Rock, I feel like the people's elbow is better. It's the most electrifying move in sports entertainment history. <laughs> it is. But it's a different kind of thing. It's like um it has the buildup and the payoff. The Stone Cold Stunner is like uh, a jump scare. It's like the equivalent of a jump scare, while the the People's Elbow is equivalent of like a slow building story that has a payoff of an ending. Now, I'm going to sound like an asshole, but what is it called when The Rock just like gets serious? The Rock Bottom? The Rock Bottom. That's The Rock Bottom, I think, is better than the, um, the Stone Cold Stunner. No, you are incorrect. Watch a video of, of Vince McMahon taking a Stone Cold Stunner versus a Rock Bottom. You'll see the difference in the moves. Okay, but I watched a way too long video with The Rock <laughs> and Stone Cold talking awkwardly at each other. And The Rock, like, they were they sang a song together at the end and The Rock goes, The Rock never forgets. And he rock bottomed Stone Cold out of nowhere and it was the most badass thing I've ever seen. And way cooler. And then he did the eyebrow. Just so good. If you would like to weigh in, get us at Twitter, Top Rope Chef. Tell us whether or not you like the Stone Cold Stunner or the Rock Bottom. Solid your plug. Choose your side. <laughs> but I will say that we are about to talk about the Rock's Smackaroni Salad. Oh, dear God. You see, my name's Billy, and I just won King of the Ring, but there's one problem. Everybody still thinks that I absolutely suck. And then at that point, Billy, your house started to shake, the heavens opened up, and God himself spoke to you and said this, Bob, but my name's Billy. It doesn't matter what your name is. The Rock eats his share of carbs in form of macaroni at least five days a week and almost always before 4 p.m. This recipe is the WrestleMania level and keeps well in the fridge. Please try it. It's one of my all-time favorites. My friend Joe at the Central Deli in Darien, Connecticut makes it every day. I don't know. Oh, he is going out of business. (laughs) Joe? Is he really? I'm so sorry, but you are you are bankrupt if you're trying to serve this every day at your restaurant. Um, it's because this recipe is dog shit. If you do it straight out of the book, if you do it straight out of the book. So because I am so upset that I have to make every recipe as the book entails, because these are, there are five ingredients, one pound of elbow macaroni, one shredded carrot, three stalks chopped fine celery, a half a medium onion chopped fine, and two tablespoons of mayonnaise. Notice I didn't say salt. Notice I didn't say pepper. And notice this is supposed to be a macaroni salad. What the F, Jacqueline? I liked what I did, and mine was really good. So I made it as is. I ate some of it, and I immediately made it better. Because I wasn't just going to waste it. did. Okay. Because it would have just gone bad in my fridge if I had left it in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't. I read that recipe and thought, oh, God, no, this needs acid. So I did the recipe, but then I also added three spears of uh, garlic dill pickles. And then the mayo I used was a lemon herb garlic mayo. It's kind of like a fancy tartar sauce is what it tasted like. But I used twice as much as they said. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah, because otherwise two tablespoons for a pound of pasta. That's insanity. That's like... No. <laughs> the Rock is not eating this five times a day. There is no, no way. The Rock doesn't eat garbage because he has he has too many muscles right now. But when this came out, no, he was not eating macaroni every day. There's so much room for more ingredients in this recipe. They just chose not to put them in. There is. I also added a few cloves of garlic. Like I crushed them and minced them. Yeah. I mean, that's all I did. But uh, I wouldn't have eaten it without the pickles because it just, it would be so disgusting to just be like a mayonnaise, like pasty. Ugh. Ugh. No. Did you just use a gluten-free 
elbow macaroni. Yeah, I used a it was a brown rice elbow macaroni. Field of Day was the brand. Field Day. Mm-hmm. It's like the cheap organic brand that we sell. So growing up, my mom used to make a delicious tuna macaroni salad that was very similar to this recipe, but obviously had way more tuna. So I kind of took that and I sort of just remade that again. I added salt, I added pepper, I added a little more mayonnaise. I put in frozen peas, which my mom always used to do. And if you like peas, that's a fun addition. And I also had a Thai chili tuna in a package that I added to it. And it's good now. It is finally edible. Now, did you, with the frozen peas, did you just put them in frozen and let them thaw in the fridge? Or what was your process there? Yeah, just leave them in overnight. They'll thaw themselves out. But the dill pickle sounds very intriguing to me. So good. It was necessary. It gives it that, like, tang that it doesn't have, because otherwise it's just mayonnaise and noodles, which just, even if you like the taste of it, you still feel like a gross slob. Cucumber would be good in this. Um, Really, any sort of vegetable. You a red pepper put, put would be thing. good. That'd be really good. More onion is fine, but you need more mayonnaise. Oh, this I, thing used, is just... I used a red onion. I was not considering using white because I didn't think that would go. Red onion was what I had to go with. Since the recipe before us required me to use an onion, I chose a it's a big white onion. And I was planning it to use for both recipes. So, I minced my onion really fine, too. Like as fine as the garlic. And that helped. So go through the process of the correct way to cut an onion. So what I do is I just chop off. I, I don't love a lot of onion. So if I'm throwing away onion as I'm using it, that's okay with me. So I'm cutting off the top ends. I've been recently keeping any sort of vegetable leavings or leftovers in a container in the freezer to use as a broth, which I recommend everyone doing. I kind of got that out of a cookbook that I, book that I was reading. So just keep, you know, if you have the parts of the vegetable that you plan to not use in a meal, the seed, the weird parts of a pepper or a zucchini or anything, Put them in the put them in the freezer in the container and make your own vegetable broth at some point. Which if you I, add which I'm to do. like chicken bones and stuff, like chicken membrane and skin and shit, that also works really well. We do that at work. Yeah, totally do it. Make your own broth. It's easy, people. I'm telling you, it's it's been changing my life just because I can make soup broth anytime I want, and you make a lot of it too. You can just keep making broth out of this stuff. Oh yeah, every day. And so I cut the top and the bottom off my onion. I cut a slit. Um, from the top to the bottom of the onion so I can peel it easy. And then I usually cut the slit in half because I'm using, like, I just half the onion. And then I do that thing where I cut from the, the barely, I don't cut all the way through the onion. I leave a little bit at the top, making slices down so the onion is still kind of whole. And then I make a, then I cut the sides of the onion, chopping it into pieces. That's my method of cutting an onion. I don't have one. What? You don't have a <laughs> fancy way you just go at that onion? I just go. Yeah, if I want it smaller, <laughs> I just make it smaller. <laughs> I think I was just influenced by some YouTube video that I found one day. It's like, oh, this is how I can easily dice an onion. I'm going to guess it was and a Jamie Oliver type video. I'm guessing it very much was because, yeah. oh my gosh, is that guy fun to watch cook? I saw him make three different kinds of scrambled eggs. It blew my mind. You need to watch Julia make Child make scrambled eggs because it takes 30 seconds and she's the most incredible person that has ever lived. I agree with that completely. I digress. I bet... <laughs> she should rewrite the rocks macaroni salad recipe uh, she, sure she would add own, pickles but... she would add pickles maybe jalapenos even yeah. How, like a pickled jalapeno would be good if you want that like kick yeah that does sound really good did you add salt and pepper or dill or anything like that i i added some himalayan uh salt and some black pepper, like ground up black pepper and a dash of cayenne. I'd consider, if I was going to make that, I'd lean into the dill. I'd put a little dill on there, too, if I was already putting the pickle in. That might be too overpowering, but... I wasn't certain about the dill. I Oh, so the pickles I used were McClure's Pickles from Detroit, which is, I would like to say the best pickles, but then I would be lying because they're not that great. But They're fancy, though. They're expensive. They, they are expensive, and that's why I bought yeah. them, and I, I do regret it a little bit. <laughs> But they're really good in this, and they're also really good in tuna salad if you add them to that. Or salmon or whatever fish mayonnaise paste you eat. My mom would also put pineapple inside her tuna salad, which I would do too. It's fun. Yeah, it's like a zesty, fun, tropical bit. Yeah. Okay. She would make this tuna salad maybe like every week, every week or every other week in the summertime. 
and it still like holds a place in my heart. Our family would just devour this stuff. I bet. Just make a little. You'd have a sandwich, or you'd have anything on the side, and just have a little bit of this tuna salad, and you'd be having a good time. But way more man. Did you you? What kind of mayonnaise did you use? The um... it was like a lemon garlic herb mayonnaise. It was like a fancy tartar sauce, like a tartar sauce with garlic and like. Like herb de prav. Oh, that's, that's way too fancy for me. I use the Ron Swanson style. <laughs> like for that Hellman's real mayonnaise. Hellman's. So that's, 100%. I feel like that's fancier than Ron Swanson, though. Because you no, should have just used, like, value save brand mayonnaise. Uh, well, I had what was in the fridge, so that was part of it. Too. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> I think we maybe have had this jar of mayonnaise in the fridge since I was in the house uh, for an entire year. Perfect. So we it had, like, a not... little, like, mold film on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was add a little extra zing. Yeah. Good call. Mold does give you a zing. So in terms of food, I feel like mayonnaise is one of those ones that people can be really disgusted and hate. And I don't know why, because it's the sauce of the gods. It's the ambrosia. It's so good. Mayonnaise goes on everything. I agree. <laughs> I don't understand. If I'm eating like a sandwich or a hamburger. So good. Or like a, any, any, like a sub. A breakfast. I want some mayonnaise on it. If you mix a little pesto in that mayonnaise, it's golden. It's so good. I have some pesto upstairs. I'm going to go do that. Mix that, that pesto delicious. in that mayonnaise and make yourself like a fried egg sandwich with maybe a little like tomato slice on it. Oh my God, you won't stop eating it. Get out of here. <laughs> I need to do that. I'm going to do that tomorrow. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> if I'm having a really fancy morning, I will toast a bagel and make like an egg and then put the egg in the bagel. And just have a good old-fashioned sandwich. I need to do the you pesto. You got to get that pesto mayo. I got to yeah. jazz it up. Jazz that bitch. I got to put the jazz on it. Yeah. So can we talk about The Rock now? Because I've been waiting for days to talk about The Rock. <laughs> Let's talk about the people's champion. The most electrifying the man in sports history. The great one. He has so many nicknames. My God. The Brahma Bull. Brahma Bull? Yes. I first wrote down that he has a Rico Suave wardrobe because in the early aughts when he was a heel and even into when he was like a baby face-ish dude. Shiny vests. Lots of shiny vests. He did the silken shirt yeah. thing. He did the close cut. Not the bald head, but the close cut shave. He looked like he was always coming from the nightclub. He did. He coming to the wrestling ring. Also that he might be in the mafia, but you don't quite know because it wasn't like a track suit. It was just like... Yeah, it's slightly vague. There's definitely like an Italian mafia sort of influence there that I never really considered. Which is weird because he's so Hawaiian, but amazing. I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that as a plus column. He was also, I would say, the feminist of the wrestling world. Just because he's... Ugh. He would talk down to women so often. No. <laughs> no, but he, he was, wouldn't. He was aggressive and mean towards women. I don't feel like he was mean. I feel like he I'll... was very pro-oral sex for the woman's benefit. Not like, okay. suck my dick. Like, I'm going to make you like your That might be a Patreon thing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what all those, like... Watch the interview between The Rock and Lillian Garcia. I he, have. He like... He lays the flirt a little too hard on women, I feel. Now, Lillian, The Rock knows how you feel about pie. But how do you feel about strudel? Lillian, would you like to try some of The Rock's? Strudel? More than anything in the world, Rock. What in the blue hell is wrong with you? <laughs> the Rock was just informed that he had a match at Unforgiven. Handicap match between The Rock, Booker T, and Shane McMahon. And the only thing you could think about and talk about is dessert. A little professionalism, Lillian Garcia, please. Okay, I didn't watch the whole interview. I stopped it like a minute in because I felt like it was just the same thing. But he just wanted to eat her out for her enjoyment. And I feel like that's pretty feminist. Like he didn't say, suck my dick or let me ride you. You know, nothing gross. Yeah, but he was just very flirty and suggestive. 
towards women. Yeah, but know. it was but it was never for his benefit. And even in the Fast and Furious movies, he doesn't get into like, oh, I'm gonna bang you, lady. Like none of that grossness. He's a tease. I'll grant you that. He's definitely he's definitely a tease. There's a playfulness to it. I'm also comparing it to the all of the other male wrestlers at that time. The Val Venus? <laughs> the Val Venuses, <laughs> the Lex Lugers, the uh Ravishing Rick Rudes. Uh yeah. The Rock is super progressive. The uh the X Pacs even. Pretty gross. The road dogs, the uh what's his godfather? The like oh, lime yeah, the green ho train pimp suit. I don't know how that got passed, because I watched that on like network TV Thursday nights, <laughs> like NBC. And those were legitimate just like strippers or models that would just <laughs> be, be in that town at that time. They'd, they'd get they get paid fifty bucks and they'd be able to flaunt their stuff in the ring for a minute and leave. It was sad. It wasn't even gross. It was just sad. He was gross too. There was a lot of cornrows in that era. A lot of lime green. A lot of cornrows. I agree with that. Yeah, the Godfather. I think also does he has he has a recipe in this book. He does. He, he does. We'll okay. get into him. Um, I like that the Rock always said the millions and millions of fans or of whatever. He was big into his catchphrase thing, and I appreciated that because that was like an '80s thing. I feel that guy and got lost. That was the thing with the Rock was he was great on the mic. He was a great talker. Yeah, and he was also great in the ring. People were drawn to to his charisma. Yeah, and just to what he was like. He was the like Stone Cold wasn't cool. The oh. Rock was cool. I love the Rock. So what? He might have been my favorite. He could be a bad guy. He could be a good guy. It didn't matter. It was hard not to like The Rock. You couldn't get enough of him either way, good or bad. There was like a match. I feel like it was against Man. It was The Rock and Mankind, and they were like electrocuting each other. And it was really brutal and hard to watch, but it was so good. It went on for like 15 minutes. It was so good. The Rock and Mankind have a historic rivalry. Those guys, they fought each other in the infamous Empty Arena match. That took place during the Super Bowl halftime show at one point. Yes, I think I it was like ninety nine or two thousand, sometime in there. Yeah, and they would just fought in an empty arena. It was the weirdest, most unique match of the time, and maybe still even is. There's no sound; it's just them beating up each other and making grunts and weird noises. Yeah, there was no announcer for that either. Literally an empty arena. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. No music, no nothing. They just went out there and they just beat each other up for the halftime show. The Rock also uh, threw Stone Cold off a bridge. I don't know if you remember that episode, but he told him he could go to hell. And then he threw the belt. I think The Rock stole Stone Cold's belt after Stone Cold pinned The Rock and like stole, quote unquote, stole The Rock, the belt from The Rock. And then The Rock was going to meet Stone Cold, and there was, like, a lot, like, through the whole episode. I want to say it was SmackDown, because I usually watch SmackDown instead of Rock. Named after The Rock. That's That was The Rock show. Oh, my God. I just realized that. Oh, the my Rock God. The Rock was the blue brand. He was SmackDown, ah! and Stone Cold was Raw. What? It was a big deal when those guys fought at that point, because they were very separate shows. They had separate rosters. What? he <laughs> branched off into being a blowing so Oh, good. Right Check into the SmackDown Hotel, another Rock catchphrase. Oh, my God. It was. The Smackaroni salad that we just reviewed. Macaroni. I'm going to bump that up to five stars, just because. Oh, you know, this is a, this is a, oh, we didn't even talk about, yeah, we should go back. This All is right. a, this is a half-star recipe. <laughs> half star half right. star recipe as written i challenge you to remake it with the pickles because i gave it 3.85 stars with my changes this is definitely like a three and a half star meal i said 3.85 and i'm sticking with okay. it that's fine but as written <laughs> we got we got a big old stinking half star on our hands as written it's garbage it's, it's garbage barely juice. food <laughs> you're wasting ingredients by making this true fact this way and trying to eat it I uh, I told husband I showed husband the recipe before I made it and he was not excited. But then I added the dill pickles and interest was uh, yeah. I don't know. I haven't looked too much into this book for like fear of spoilers. Yeah. But if they don't start giving me more ingredients to put in my food, I'm gonna be kind of upset. There are only two steps in this recipe. I don't think we went over the steps. But the steps are uh, step one: cook the pasta, strain it, and run cold water over it until cold. Cool in the refrigerator for about two hours. I did not do that. I just did, I did it. it. I did it as is. Two hours. Yep. Okay. Gross, it would be dry. I would cover it with like saran wrap if I was going to do that. I have a nice container that uh, keeps food pretty well that I use. Fair so. enough. Well, you need to lid it. Yeah, it's lidded. Lidded, yeah. It doesn't say that in the recipe. No, it does. No. <laughs> 
And then uh, step two, which is the last step. In a large mixing bowl, stir together the cold pasta with the carrot, celery, and onion mixing thoroughly. Add the mayonnaise and stir until well blended. Refrigerate before serving. I just did it all. I rinsed it. This rice pasta gets like a gross kind of film on it. A membrane, if you will. So I I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you shouldn't wash off your pasta because the pasta sauce or whatever you use will stick to it better if you don't. Which I guess That's doesn't really matter true. as much if you're just doing like this cold tuna salad. But if you're cooking like spaghetti or something like that, you want as much sauce to stick to the pasta as possible. It's starchy. It keeps the starch. Yeah, you are rinsing the starch off, so that makes sense. I did not hear of that before, but... Probably another Jamie Oliver thing that got stuck into my brain or something. Probably. But, but with this, it didn't matter because you're just using mayonnaise. You're not using pasta sauce, so who cares? Yeah, and also definitely use more than two tablespoons because that's like nothing and it's gross. Yeah, that seems like it's a misprint. I really feel like it is. I feel like they meant to say two cups based on the rest of the recipes in this. Either one cup or two cups, I'd say. <laughs> I'd agree with you. A pound, there's a lot of macaroni in a pound. It is. Oh, and the, um, the gluten-free... Uh, noodles I got were 12 ounces, which is three quarters of a pound, not even a full pound, and I used a quarter cup. So right, definitely yeah. more. I was thumbing through this book. I feel like pepper, I think JR might hate pepper. He might hate flavor in general. There's not enough things that require, there's some salt in some of these recipes I was looking through. Some. Why not use salt and pepper? The two most basic food food Why? things to make foods taste good. The secret recipe, I listen to a lot of Splendid Table, another podcast plug. Um, and they always say that you have a fat, an acid, and a salt for every recipe to make it be, like, perfect. And so many of these recipes are missing at least one of those components, and they're made so much better when you have the trifecta. So use that trifecta. That is, again, fat. What was it? Fat. Um, so, like, a mayonnaise, yeah, yeah. eggy thing. Yeah. Um, an acid, so, like, a lemon acid. juice or a vinegar or whatever, and then salt. Do not be afraid of salt. Your body needs salt to run. Don't listen to bullshit diets. Just eat some Also fat. Salt. Your body needs that fat. Your body needs fat. Your body <laughs> needs a lot of things. Fat is such a market, like a fake marketing thing that happened to us. We're all victims of a fat-free nation and then just things being labeled as fat-free and just being chem- like added chemicals instead of the fat. Also, what and they add instead, usually if they cut the fat, they add more sugar. So I don't know if you've ever tried reduced fat peanut butter. It's an abomination, but they cut the fat and they add more sugar and it tastes like crap. So don't eat that. Just eat fat like you're supposed to. I live the unsweetened life if I can. Everything gets sugar. I do add sugar if like I'm making my own pasta sauce. I will add like a little bit of sugar. You need a little sugar and, for a pasta sauce. And if they're just cooking like desserts, of course you're gonna have sugar in it. But that's for like the Obviously. only time sugar ever like sneaks into my life. Don't ever eat like Chef Boyardee ravioli. Oh gosh. The sodium and the sugar level. <laughs> it's disgusting and there's no <sighs> real food in that whatsoever. It's I mean so just eat a easy. can of dog food if you wanna eat garbage. It's so easy to make food. It's just people not wanting to take the effort to do the cooking or do the dishes or go shopping or I don't even know. It is so easy. I mean, these recipes are not difficult. I will stress that. They might not be great, but they're not difficult. Yeah, it was kind of interesting cooking the the ribs for the first time, but I ended up, you know, mustering through it and getting it done. I feel like ribs would be the best way to use this sauce, and I don't know why they suggested you didn't. I almost bought ribs, but ribs at... My workplace are wildly expensive, and I didn't feel like doing that. Yeah, I doubt they were, I doubt they were just seventeen dollar for a slab of ribs. It was twenty dollars for four pork chops. So let me see. I think I got one, <laughs> two, I got at least twelve ribs. I think out of it, like after I okay. cut it, cut like twelve ribs off the thing. So little little more than a dollar a rib, that's, which I, uh, I doubt you can beat. Yeah, that's pretty cheap. And they were good. They were like meaty ribs. Like it was a lot of meat on the ribs. I mean, if I got stranded in a survival situation, and it was like, let's say me and you, and maybe You'd eat my ribs, I would absolutely. <laughs> Is that what you're saying if <laughs> I had <laughs> if I had this sauce. Let's save it for the Patreon episode. If you want to hear how <laughs> Jacqueline would eat Brad, subscribe to our Patreon. Go to Patreon.com/slash Top Rope Chef. Uh, go ahead and contact us on Twitter, twitter.com slash topropechef, facebook.com slash topropechef. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. Like us on whatever your podcast of choice listening device is or subscription is. Recipe 100, Stony Stevens spicy sauce. That's how I would eat your ribs in a survival situation. And maybe if I was just You bored. spoiled it. I was trying a cliffhanger for our Patreon. <laughs> well, let it. They won't even know. 
(laughs) (laughs) You have any last thoughts, Jacqueline? I do. Uh, I wrote down, so I watched a match of Kurt Angle, Steve Austin, who is Stone Cold, and The Rock. And at one point, um, Jerry the King Lawler, who was an announcer at this point, said, and I quote, Angle and Austin double-teaming The Rock. And I would like you to yeah. just mull that over. I've I've mulled it. I get it. <laughs> I know what's happening in your mind. I'd pay. And I am on board. I'd pay five ninety nine a minute. <laughs> That's all I've got. What are our recipes next week? I've already forgotten. I know we're doing drawses, barbecue, chicken pizza. Is it draws or Drews? I was saying draws. Draws. Uh, he's the worst. We'll get into it next week. And what was the other recipe? Two cools homeboy fries. With a Z. I'm excited to cook pizza. I'm excited to cook fries. I'm excited to to have pizza and fries in one day and not feel like a sex shit. Because it's, you know, it's for work. It's for work. Thanks for joining us.